0: Welcome to the Do Life Different podcast by 1128 Community. I am Mike Francisco, the lead pastor here. Uh, Our mission as a church is to help people do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And today on our deep dive, I'm joined by Nikki uh, Shabo. Hey! Nikki is a brand new mom. She works in politics. She's a wife. She just got a new house and she's she's doing life different.
1: Very, very different. it's been so many changes. I don't even know some days up and down. I'm not sure
0: where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and Nikki took some time out of her her busy schedule to be with us. So thank you, Nikki, for joining us.
1: Yeah, hopefully the baby's not dead by the time I get home. So <laughs> Tim's there on his own.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure your husband can can handle an hour. I hope he can handle an hour.
1: In theory.
0: Yeah. Well, we're we're diving in here, uh, just talking a little bit more uh, in relation to this series that we're doing on Sundays called Rule Breakers. Uh, this Sunday we we focused in on Mark chapter seven. Uh, the context here is. Uh, the disciples of Jesus, they're sitting down to have a meal. They're not washing their hands, and they're kind of called out on it because they're, they're breaking tradition, right? Like they're not following the rules. Uh, ultimately, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, to question Jesus and, uh, and get back at him as their their leader, their rabbi. And, and so they're, they're kind of using the disciples in that situation to get at Jesus, and Jesus says, "Hey, this is not what it's about."
1: Isn't that the thing, right? Always worried about the wrong things. As humans, we just naturally have this tendency to focus, I think, on just things that don't matter, and we do too much and nothing at all at the same time. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Like I do that with my kids. I I do it with my wife. She hates it, and I feel bad then later as well. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like in your opinion, uh, what? What happens relationally or like what does it do to our relationships when we focus on the small things or the wrong things or the minor thing, however you want to put it, when we focus on the wrong things rather than the, the big picture, the, the important stuff.
1: Well, I think, first of all, everything, every day, the days seem like they go by so slow, right? And we get into this tendency where we can like nitpick at the little things because it's almost like it's a sense of control. Mm. And we have this opinion of how we want everything to go. And so when something doesn't necessarily go that way, we tend to, you can nitpick at your husband or you can nitpick at your wife, you know? And we're not thinking about the heart posture of the person. We're thinking about the action. And the truth is that Everybody's going to make mistakes. So if you're constantly looking for something, you're going to find it, right? And I think we have this tendency to almost excuse the things that we're doing by focusing on the things that other people are doing. Whereas I, with Jesus, he was trying to get people to look at, you know, it's like the whole log and speck in the eye type thing. Mm -hmm. Like you have to focus on what you're doing because people are going to make mistakes. We're human. You know, and if we put too much stock in the little mistakes that people make along the way, we eventually end up pushing them away or hardening um, the relationship that we have with them. And instead of building something bigger, we tear it all down by these little inconsequential things that we're not going to remember in a year from now. I'm not going to remember if you forgot to pick up your clothes and put them in the basket. I'm not going to remember that, you know.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned in there that that we focus on what other people are doing. We critique them. We roll our eyes at them. Whatever it might be, right? Like we focus on what they're doing to avoid exactly. kind of our own our own stuff. Like give me more about that. What what are your thoughts?
1: Exactly. I think it's um it's and it's a natural tendency. I see it even with the with the twins. Like if we will say, you For know
0: clarity You've got two oh, yes. twins.
1: Yes, we have 6-year-old twins, a <laughs> yes. boy and a girl, complete opposites. <laughs> <laughs> complete opposites. And so if one of them, if one of them breaks a rule or does something they're not supposed to do and we try to correct that, their first instinct is automatically, well, she did this, or she's doing this, and to, we try to avoid the responsibility, even as children. And I'd like to say that it goes away, you know, as we get older, but it really doesn't, because sometimes I think it's almost like it's nature, right? And that's why we have to become a new creation in Christ, yeah. so that we learn how to deal with those things through the Holy Spirit's empowerment, because it's it's just a natural tendency to be. I don't have to deal with me if I'm dealing with you, and it's that need to control and the need to avoid at the same time because nobody likes to admit that they fall short. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, e- exactly. And I, I think following up on that uh, rules, expectations, th- those kind of things, um, they're meant to be guardrails, right. right? Like we don't, we don't establish these things to hurt people that that's never the intent but have you found that that it leads to hurting people more often than not
1: definitely when the rule itself becomes more important than the intended goal It's just like healing on the Sabbath when Jesus was, you know, they tried to berate him for healing on the Sabbath. When they were focused on the rule, what the rule was, rather than the good of what he was doing. So we get so stuck in this is the way it should be that sometimes we forget why it was that way to begin with. Mm -hmm. Some people get so stuck in traditions and, well, this is just the way it was. We've always done it this way. But why do you do it this way? That's why I think it's good to like regularly take stock of the things that you believe and the things that you think. <laughs> My mom used to always tell me, Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> like you have to take stock of why you're doing why is this rule in place? Why are we doing this rule? Does this no longer serve us? Or what was the purpose of it? And have we put in more stock in the rule than what the rule was supposed
0: to do for us? And and for you, just as as a person what's your personal experience with rules like i hate rules (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: i'm not gonna lie i i hate rules i feel like they hinder learning but i've always been the type that learns things the hard way and i find that in um i used to always press the boundaries of everything and most of the time the rules are good and eventually i will obey the rules but they're It was hard for me, especially because I wanted to know why. Mm. And sometimes in order for me to find out why, I had to break a rule. And then you're like, oh, that's why we can't do that. That's why that's in place. I hope my children don't behave like that. Um, But unfortunately for me, I'm always, why? And I won't just obey because someone says obey. That was always um, my problem and something that, you know, when I came back to Christ, he had to really work with me on because there were times when, and you know, you don't hear God like an audible voice or anything, but you just know certain things in your spirit and there were times when he would tell me to do something and um, I would kind of want to buck the system and he'd be like and I'd be like, well I don't understand why and I'm searching throughout the Bible. Like why do I have to do this? Where is this explicitly in the Bible that I should do this? And one day I was doing my Bible study and it just clear as day said, I don't need to give you a reason. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the thing with God. Um, you don't necessarily you don't have the right to know. We'd like to know, yeah. Um, but because of those things too, I think like the Pharisees people have a tendency because they don't comprehend God, so they install rules that they can comprehend, yeah. You know, yeah. and then they give those rules to other people, and with their little loopholes because they're the one that created the rule.
0: Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now we've we've said this weekend that uh, obedience is unique to our relationship with Jesus. And ultimately, that means that uh, what I do—that's being obedient to God's leading in my life—I uh, can't expect that that obedience looks the same for right. you, right? Like it's right. You, it's unique to your journey. How how have you experienced that? Have you have you ever felt the pressure of somebody else saying like, "Hey, this is what it looks like to be obedient," and you feeling like, "Well, but that's not." That's not me and my journey, or uh, where are you at on that?
1: I have definitely had experiences. I made um, decisions that were countercultural to the church. I would say not, uh, because there's so many different churches now and Mm -hmm. so many different... Different theologies, I guess. But I've made decisions that were countercultural, and I've done things that other people were like, no, that's against the rules. You can't do that. And I found that the fruit of some decisions sometimes nothing ever happens until it does. And God is changing. He is, it's the devil that can't create, right? God is constantly creating. He's constantly changing. Now that doesn't mean that like Jesus came to abolish the law because he didn't. There are, there are things that have been set down from the beginning of time that will never change, but there are certain things that God will lead a person down a path that might not look like the person walking, you know, two steps next to them. It, it all is about growth and it comes to things like I've had people say, you know, like, for instance, for abortion, um, I've had people like it's strictly against the rules and we can't kill and that. But I've seen people that have done that and then. Repented of that and had a deeper faith with God, mm-hmm. um, and that pain brought them even closer to God. So even when we make mistakes, God still finds a way to work that out for our good. So for instance, with Tim, when I moved in with him, it's something it's not explicitly in the Bible, you know, but there were women at the well. She was living with a man she wasn't mm-hmm. uh, married to, and Jesus, he he didn't care. He still used her. And where someone could be like, well, that's against the rule. You shouldn't do that. Um, I did it. And I have a home. I have a husband. I have children. And I've seen the fruit of something that wasn't necessarily okay in the church end up being blessings on blessings on blessings. You know, So yeah. everybody's path is a little different. And I think that we have to be careful when we try to put God in a box because he can work with literally anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in this passage in Mark, uh, ultimately where it leads is Jesus saying the things that defile you, the things that uh that you take in, that's not what makes you evil, right? Like that, mm-hmm. it's not what you're you're doing, but it's what's coming out of your heart mm-hmm. that is defiling you and uh and so it's it's those things. And so ultimately what Jesus says is it's about loving God and loving others. Exactly. It's about the relationship here, not about the rules, not about what you do, but about the transformation of your heart and its ability to love God and to love others. Uh, and so for you, um, for, for a person that maybe has struggled, not necessarily saying you have, but for a person that's struggled with, I don't want to... Be like this person, uh, the hypocrite that I know, or this person that didn't care for me, um, how would you encourage them in their journey in, in their relationship with Jesus right now?
1: I think the big thing to know is one of the verses I always come back to, and I can't tell you the address right now, so don't judge me for it. Okay, um, but... okay, we'll hold it against you. <laughs> But it's seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added onto you. So no matter where we go, I think as long as a person is wholeheartedly seeking to know God, seeking to know Jesus, not for what he can do or what he will do or anything like that, just who are you? I want to know who you are. And I think if a person is genuinely seeking him, no matter what happens around them or what mistakes they make or what crooked paths they take, they will always arrive at the destination, which is going to be him. And I think that everything else falls into place. And anytime a person finds themselves going after things or keeping certain rules and not seeking after Christ himself, mm-hmm. that is when the trouble comes in, and that's when things are going to get hard, and that's when things are going to be difficult. And, you know, people will say all kinds of things, and people will judge you, and people will say, you know, this isn't going to be that, and God won't forget. People will get crazy. It's it's crazy how much hatred we have in the church um, in general. and But it's nothing new because we see it in the Bible, right? The people closest to God were sometimes the cruelest people. No. Um, but I think Jesus just shuts it all down because it's it's the heart posture. And it can come back to something. If you seek me, you know, he that's all he says. If you seek me, I will take care of you. Yeah. And nothing else matters. None of the mistakes when we're on the other side of this and we're in eternity, we're not going to be thinking about those things because the goal, the end goal is always going to be Jesus, knowing the heart of Jesus.
0: Yeah. Now in the future, we'll have you on again because you've got a, just a crazy story, (laughs) uh, a super powerful story, something that everybody should hear at one point or another. But let me ask you this, this question just to wrap up our time, uh, in your journey, There have been people that have walked alongside you for seasons, that have encouraged you. Uh, What are the characteristics of those people that have encouraged you most and helped you along in your journey in, in discovering what it looks like for you to be obedient to God in your life?
1: I think that the best kind of people, the people that I treasure the most that have walked next to me were the patient kind of people. (laughs) Um, They were the ones that called out something inside of me that I didn't realize I had. And they were patient enough to watch me fall down and get up and fall down and get up. And they just were quietly, and they weren't pushy. They were just, they would tell me, you know, like, this is my opinion or this is what the Word of God says. And they were always... I love people that will give you their opinion and then also give you the scripture because for people like me, I I don't necessarily, I have my own opinions, but my opinion doesn't really matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've asked God about this and he doesn't really care about my <laughs> opinions. So the people that knew the word of God, knew how to be patient and knew how to deliver a timely message because not everybody is ready to hear something when you want to speak it. Um, so there are people that were discerning. Patience and discernment has always been the guiding thing when it comes to people that I have um, respected in my life. Um, I felt like they had a close relationship with God. And that was another thing. Um, People that... I'm not going to take marriage advice from someone whose marriage is on the rocks. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So people that I see are walking with God, and I, I can see the fruit of that and more than just what they say out of their mouth, but I can see it in their actions. It gives this weight to the things that they've said, hmm. and those are the kinds of people that I will pay attention to. They might not know I'm paying attention to them, but I pay attention to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really helpful. Thank you, Nikki, for being with us today. Uh, you know, as a church, we say that we want to lead with love and extend extra grace to all. Uh, And that each of us are on our own journey, right? It's unique to all of us. And so uh, thank you for sharing part of your journey with us. Thanks for helping us uh, work through Mark and chapter seven a little bit more today. And we'll have you on again soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We will talk to you again real soon.